Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. This episode is sponsored by Epsilon. Today, I'm delighted to announce a unique opportunity for one lucky listener of Let's Talk Loyalty to enjoy a complimentary workshop with the loyalty experts at Epsilon. One brand every month will have the chance for a unique, independent loyalty lab, a review of your loyalty program, where Epsilon will share their expert ideas how to drive your program's performance to a whole new level. This workshop is a powerful way for you to measure and then increase the return on your investment in your loyalty program. So to apply, head over to letstalkloyalty.com forward slash epsilon and enter your details. Hello and welcome to episode 317 of Let's Talk Loyalty, another episode from Canada which is fast becoming one of my favorite countries for loyalty expertise and insights. Scene Plus is Canada's leading lifestyle rewards program with more than 11 million members. With the consumer proposition focused on enabling people to earn and redeem points for movies, banking and grocery shopping. Originally launched in 2007 by Scotiabank and Cineplex, the Scene Plus proposition is now used by 63% of Canadian households. To help understand the Scene Plus program, I'm joined today by Matthew Seagram, who has led the program since 2015. And today he gives me his take on Scene's transformation over the last eight years. In our conversation, Matthew shares how and why Scene Plus has grown to be so loved by its members and how they plan to continually evolve and expand both geographically and across new lifestyle sectors. What struck me most about Scene Plus is the laser focus from all three of the program owners to truly delight their members. So I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Matthew Seagram, the Senior Vice President for Scene Plus in Canada. So, Matthew Seagram, welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty. Paula, thanks so much for having me. I'm such a fan of your show and really appreciate the opportunity to be here. My goodness. Thank you, Matthew. That really means a lot. And I can't believe it's taken us this long to have Scene Plus on the show. So we have an awful lot of work to do today. Uh, As you know, we always start that with having a conversation about what is your favorite loyalty program other than your own? (laughs) That's a a great caveat to put in place that we can't talk about our own, Paula. Um, So I think my favorite program, uh, you really have to start by thinking about loyalty as an all-encompassing strategy and not uh, as a a program specifically. Um, And I think my favorite program uh, is one where if you speak to anyone who's one of their customers, their eyes light up uh, and they love the business. They love the brand. They love to engage with it. Uh, And it's Sephora and the program that they have built. 
yeah. think, you know, the, the foundational loyalty elements in the program itself, I think they've really hit on a number of the key elements. Um, and I appreciate too, they've got the complexity of operating in so many different markets, which, uh, you know, adds yeah. layers yeah. of challenge uh, to the operation. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, the, the foundational mechanics, I think, are really strong, um, you know, in terms of the tiering. It's very easy to understand the mechanics, how you're going to be rewarded. They're incredibly transparent about what information they're gathering, mm-hmm. how it's going to be used, and how it's going to benefit you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the way that they, you know, create a sense of exclusivity as you move through the program around access to offers, access to events, product launches, information. Yeah. Um, and the rewards bazaar that really lets them, you know, dynamically highlight, uh, you know, elements of their business that they want to um, disproportionately reward or where they want to, you know, drive spending. I think, you know, they've really managed uh, to nail that multi-channel execution. Mm. Um, but I think my favorite part of it is the community that they've built. They've, they've built this beauty insiders community yeah. um, as a forum for people to speak about, you know, their products and their lifestyle and how their products impact their lives. Um, and it's an incredibly engaged group of customers. Mm. It's seeded by Sephora. So they've invested significantly in, you know, making sure that they've got uh, initial content, but the heart of it is user generated. Uh, and I think it's just such a flywheel for their business. Uh, you know, it's fully connected into the loyalty program, into their digital experiences, yeah. And it gives them this tremendous opportunity to create rich insight, drive segmentation. Um, I can't say enough good things about what they've done. Totally, totally. Well, I'm, I'm hearing it, of course, Matthew, um, through, you know, through the eyes and ears of you with, you know, 25 years of your own loyalty expertise. So it is certainly extremely high praise, um, you know, given what you're about to share in terms of your own story. And, and, and the piece that I do love, I suppose, the most, because as we know, you know, the, the optics from the outside for members is absolutely one thing. But that idea of making people really feel like they're part of something, like we use the word community so easily, but actually successfully achieving it, I think is extremely rare. Um, and I think there's so many sensitive topics around beauty. Um, it's just incredible that they've managed to pull it all together. And it also reminds me that other brands, when I think of, you know, for example, I spoke to, to Boots in the UK. And mm-hmm. also in that instance, there is this idea that content can drive loyalty. And I love that because I'm in the content business as well, Matthew, of course, like that really appeals to me because what I I feel like, and I'd love your perspective, I suppose, off the cuff, like I often feel like there's a certain amount of jadedness with, you know, the points, the prizes and the, you know, the coupons that we've all kind of grown up with. So to see brands like Sephora and Boots, as I said, really kind of leaning in to these new mechanics, I think it's just an incredible evolution of the loyalty industry. I think so too. And I think there's so much opportunity for others to learn from what they've done. Mm. Um, I was listening to one of your shows recently uh, with Christopher Ross from Collinson talking about uh, bland loyalty and how um, fundamental a loyalty program can be as part of your brand strategy and bringing your brand to life. And that really resonated with me because it's been such a core part of the scene and scene plus story over the last number of years is really yeah. trying to dig deep to uh, identify, you know, how the program um, 
plays a role in people's lives uh, that is more than a transaction, that's more than a reward, it's more than uh, yeah. a discount on their next purchase or, you know, an opportunity to put something in basket. Yeah. And uh, and I think Sephora's tapped into that as well. I think they've got a rich insight into, they started with a rich insight into their customers um, and have built on that in a way that drives deeper meaning for the program and for their business. Yeah. Thank you for referencing that one, Matthew. You're absolutely right. Bland loyalty. Uh, Chris Ross totally nailed it. And as well as listening to the show, if you haven't read his article, I would highly recommend it. Like I was, you know, underlining and circling so many mm-hmm. things, you know, when you get something like that. So, um, yeah. So I think we we really do need to, to drive the industry forward. So super excited to hear exactly how you're doing that. So, Maybe start us off by telling us the the history of Scene as the program uh, was originally known and, uh, yeah, the early part of its journey. Yeah, by all means, Paula. And, uh, you know, Scene uh, began as a, it started really over a conversation between two companies, uh, two very different organizations between Cineplex, uh, who's Canada's leading theatrical exhibitor, mm-hmm. and Scotiabank, who's one of Canada's largest banks. And mm-hmm. both companies, you know, had very different uh, perspectives on, you know, where they were in the industry and in their own industries and what they wanted to accomplish. Uh, Cineplex had tens of millions of customers uh, going through their doors every year, mm. uh, but did not have a one-to-one relationship with them and had very little insight into, um, you know, who their best customers were. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scotiabank on the other side of the table had very rich insight into their customers, lots of experience in uh, data, data management, insight creation, mm-hmm. uh, but they were looking to engage with new demographics and new segments and uh, you know, creating new um, opportunities to bring new customers into their business. And uh, Cineplex had been considering uh, a loyalty program as an opportunity for them. Um, and as that conversation progressed, it uh, became clear that together they could create something um, unique that neither one of them was prepared to create on their own. Yeah. And so they structured a joint venture between the two organizations and uh, gave birth to the scene program, which in 2007 started as really a, a, a movie program. It was mm. uh, go to the movies, earn points, redeem your points for movies and concessions. Mm. And um you know, the program, uh, no one knew how this was going to to grow at the yeah. outset. Uh, yeah. There was nothing like it really in the world structurally. Uh, and, you know, this is a new space for uh, theatrical exhibitors, uh, but it grew beyond anyone's expectations. And, um, you know, by the time I arrived in 2015, mm-hmm. they already had over 6 million members. They were in 38% of households. Uh, and it was a really well-loved program. Um, And so it had kind of captured, you know, the hearts and minds of particularly Cineplex's guests and their most avid fans. Mm. Um, But it was kind of poised to become something greater. Okay. Oh, that's exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, so just to be clear, so it was predominantly, as you said, Cineplex, but what was Scotiabank's role at that point in scene? 
Yeah, so the two jointly owned the program. So they owned okay. it 50-50. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, both contributed to, you know, its structure and its setup and its initial operation. As mm-hmm. the program grew, it started to have its own staff and then really to be run as its own uh, yeah. business between the two owners. Mm-hmm. Um, but always with, you know, a board of directors that was represented, um, that had representation from the two owners, mm-hmm. uh, really providing guidance and structure to the business and ensuring that as it grew, that it was um, doing so in a way that was going to contribute to both organizations. Okay. But but in terms of its objectives, it was designed to to grow the cinema attendance by, by the Sandsvet, was it? That was how it started. Okay. And, you know, by 2015, 2016, it became really clear that it could, uh, it, it could kind of take a next step. Okay. And, um, and that was uh, right when I arrived mm-hmm. at, at scene. And, you know, as we sat and looked at, you know, where the program was and where there was opportunity to grow, it already had great momentum. Like we knew it was going to continue to grow, but for it to kind of get to its next chapter, we knew we were going to need to um, expand the value prop and expand the program into a new space. And, you know, this was, I think, where, you know, my you know, my comment back on uh, Chris Ross and the bland loyalty, I think really comes to life as we sat down with our members and we listened to how they used the program and where it created value. We we had these really amazing stories uh, of, you know, people who had their first dates going to the movies with the scene program uh, of grandparents who, you know, were able to take their grandkids out uh, yeah. for an afternoon or an evening mm-hmm. um, on a fixed income that wasn't going to be possible otherwise of, of families who had meals together at wow. one of our dining partners uh, through the program. And, you know, what we really uncovered through some of that was, you know, the the people who are most engaged in the program, it was more than a transaction. It was more than a discount that, in fact, you know, they saw the scene program as, uh, really the the instigator to encourage them to spend time with friends and family. Mm-hmm. And, and once we started to really internalize that message, it became clear that there was a bit of a deeper purpose that we could tap into, mm-hmm. that there was, um, you know, we were, had an opportunity to kind of be somewhere else on the hierarchy of needs yeah. than, uh, than where I think we started. Yeah. And it allowed us to, you know, rebrand the program. It allowed us to uh, really um, lean into this richer positioning mm. of encouraging togetherness. And it, you know, not only did it, you know, give us the opportunity to expand from a movies positioning to an entertainment positioning and start to tap into, you know, other areas of passion, you know, d- dining, music, professional sports. Um, it also really just gave the team at scene the sense that they were doing something important. Mm. And, you know, from an organizational perspective, that did enormous things for our team's morale. Mm. And and it really gave us rich ground when we're working with our marketing agencies to, you know, yeah. really bring this idea to life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that was among a few other things, but that was one of the things that really helped us to kind of hit the next stage of growth for the program. It took us from kind of 6 million members to 10 million members. And yeah. so by, you know, 2020, uh, we were at about 53% of households across the country and growing incredibly wow. quickly. 
Incredible. My goodness. You know, as you were talking through that, Matthew, I was just actually reflecting back um, because I got into loyalty within the telecommunications industry. So, so quite different. But at the same time, I did lead all of the partner negotiations with all of the cinema brands in the Irish market for mm-hmm. about seven years. So, you know, what I'm hearing, you know, we very much, I suppose, took the the model of Orange Wednesdays, which I'm sure lots of people were familiar with, uh, which I believe originated in France and was extremely successful in the UK. And I managed to build that model, thankfully, across like five days a week in the Irish market. And and I feel like we had the same insights, but I don't think we articulated them as beautifully as you <laughs> you just did, because we definitely did have um, surprise and delight, I guess, from people. It was our most engaging partnership, of course. Uh, movies are fundamentally exciting and inspiring for people. And two for one was the the value proposition. And as I said, we got it because it was such a big phone network. We got it five days a week. But we never really tapped into that emotional insight of, you know, the richer, deeper purpose that you just articulated. I think that's amazing. Well, thank you. And not only, you know, did it really help us to help grow the program and to expand our partnerships over the last few years, but I also think it was really important for us through the pandemic. You know, as we as we entered the pandemic, you know, like our main partner activities were, uh, you know, movies, in-person entertainment, dining out, Mm. um, you know, professional sports, live music, you know, these were all categories that were the hardest hit through the pandemic. Mm. And yet we had this brand position about encouraging togetherness, about bringing people together uh, Mm. that we're able to use to pivot and to maintain a level of engagement in the program and to, you know, bring um, the importance of connectedness to life through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in many ways, it really helped us to, you know, come through and out of the pandemic yeah. uh, with a level of strength that would have been really challenging if we hadn't um, yeah. adopted that position. And did you undertake new initiatives, Matthew, through the pandemic, given, you know, the the lockdowns that were inevitable? I don't know exactly what Canada experienced compared to, say, Ireland, for example, extremely bad uh, and and long lasting again, just unable to get back to the cinema, particularly and and certainly entertainment. So, So what did you guys manage to do or was it a case where the emotional connection kept you going until you could get back into connectedness? Well, we had to run a few layers simultaneously. And, and this, I think, kind of gets into where scene transformed into scene plus. And we did that really through the pandemic. So, okay. um, you know, we had a couple of different threads of activity underway. Uh, one was keeping the core program uh, healthy and our membership engaged. Mm. And, um, you know, the Canadian market uh, was... Uh, very strict in its approach to the pandemic and the Mm -hmm. theatrical sector in particular had some of the strictest lockdowns of any industry in Canada and of any market in the world. Um, And so we, um, we, you know, tried to find opportunity through that. And uh, we launched a program called Better Together. And it was about, um, you know, identifying where the program could still be used mm-hmm. to enable virtual experiences. Um, but we also, um, you know, built a a new level of 
a geographic personalization because region by region and even city by city in the country, there were different rules in place at different times. Of course. And so we had to build a set of infrastructure that recognized what was actually available to you in the community where you lived so that we could be dynamically uh, reflecting whether, you know, in-person opportunities were actually open and available or if they were not. So we could be uh, maintaining a level of relevance uh, all the way through. Um, so that was kind of the one thread. And, and then the other piece, of course, was uh, that we were in the midst of transforming the program completely into Scene Plus, mm. um, which I can you know go into kind of what that involved. But you know, mm. part of it was also bringing new categories of rewards into the program mm-hmm. that would have relevance um, even in the midst of a pandemic. So just you know, more opportunities to you know engage with the with the program and more opportunities to leverage points. Yeah, yeah. And we'll definitely get into that now, Matthew. But as you talk about the personalization um, and developing that in the middle of the pandemic, you know, when I think about personalization, I'm thinking about birthday gifts and I'm thinking about completely trivial (laughs) (laughs) ideas by comparison with matching up the availability, which, of course, was a nightmare for everyone concerned. So so well done on managing to uh, to keep that thread going and find a, a solution of real value value because I'm guessing people were just desperate to get out and entertain themselves as and when no they doubt. were allowed to. So so love the personalization. Of course, it's a, you know, a fundamental of our industry, but again, seeing it applied in different ways. Um, and thoughtful ways. I thought, you know, when I was looking back at kind of some of the other kind of conversations you've had, I can hear that coming through as maybe a thread. uh, I don't know if you're aware of it, but certainly for me, there's a lot of integrity around what Scene and Scene Plus have been uh, focused on delivering. Am I right in, in feeling that? Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, you know, we are very focused on the member. And, you know, right from the board of directors all the way through the organization, uh, you know, our primary focus is creating value for our members and our owners and our partners. And um, and we try to bring that to life in every part of the business. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, like this sense of um, trying to create meaning in the program for the membership, as mm-hmm. well as for the team mm-hmm. has really been foundational for, you know, how we've run the organization all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about the transformation then, Matthew. Why did you gain a plus with Scene? <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of things have happened over the last three years. Okay. Um, so one of the, and you know, these are fairly substantial decisions that uh, some major organizations have made. Okay. Uh, so the first part of the plus uh, was really with our uh, our owner, Scotiabank. Okay. Scotiabank was operating two programs uh, simultaneously. They had the Scene program that they jointly owned with Cineplex. Mm-hmm. And they also operated their own program, Scotia Rewards, uh, that was really focused on travel and merchandise uh, across a number of financial services products. Mm-hmm. And over the last couple of years, as the bank was looking at, you know, where it um, had strategic opportunity, uh, you know, we came to the realization that these two programs were incredibly complementary. They had uh, very little in terms of overlap of benefits. Uh, they had some overlapping membership, but complementary membership. Um, and, you know, came to realization that these two programs could, in fact, be stronger together than separate. And so last year, uh, December 13th, we merged the two into Scene Plus. 
And so that had uh, some pretty significant implications. Mm-hmm. Um, from a member perspective, it meant that, uh, you know, we were expanding the suite of benefits for everyone involved. So mm-hmm. for everyone who had been part of Scotia Rewards, they suddenly had access to, you know, movie rewards and dining and some of our other partnerships. Yeah. Um, and for everyone who was in the scene program uh, prior to last year, suddenly, you know, there was a new opportunity to uh, earn re- and redeem points for travel through Expedia, an expanded range of uh, gift cards, some merchandise rewards, mm. um, e-commerce uh, through our relationship with Rakuten. Uh, so, you know, a fundamentally new and different program for everyone at the table. Mm-hmm. And from a strategic perspective, that also meant that Scene Plus was now Scotiabank's enterprise loyalty program. And so as an organization, now we are just into a very different um, position within the bank. And, yeah. uh, you know, with that comes a fairly profound sense of responsibility and obligation to ensure that the bank is going to achieve its objectives. Yeah. Wow. So that, that was kind of the, the first big piece. Okay. Um, and then the second big piece uh, that really launched this summer mm-hmm. uh, was Empire Companies, mm-hmm. uh, who is a grocer in Canada. They opt, they're the the second largest grocer and they operate some of our, the strongest brands across the country. Mm-hmm. Sobe, Safeway, IGA, uh, Freshco and others. Um, they have embraced Scene as Scene Plus as their uh, enterprise loyalty strategy as well. And they've joined as a co-owner. So Scene has moved from having, you know, two owners in a JV now to three owners, Cineplex, Scotiabank and uh, Empire. Mm. And we've been in the process of rolling out grocery and pharmacy and liquor across the country uh, since August. So again, uh, there's (laughs) transformational change and it's been incredibly exciting. Oh my goodness. I can hear the excitement, Matthew. I mean, to become the enterprise loyalty platform for a huge bank like Scotia, as you said, I can only imagine the sense of responsibility. And I dabbled with a little bit of banking loyalty, I would say, back in Ireland. And what always has stuck with me is how risk averse the banking sector, of course, is. Um, So building uh, loyalty propositions for them just brings a whole other layer of responsibility and complexity and opportunity. Um, Because I think for a brand, any brand in in the banking sector, it's almost one of those kind of grudge purchases. So they get the halo effect, of course, of the super sexy scene proposition and movies and and all of that sounds sounds super nice. And then I suppose the, the evolution towards grocery, of course, as we know, consumers love to have those frequent opportunities to, to earn and burn. Um, but I do know that you're not keen, I suppose, to ever be considered a coalition program, which from the outside looking in is perhaps the term we might have labeled, you know, to a proposition as broad as this. So so tell us how you do position it and, and the distinction you see in the importance of how it's framed. Yeah. Um, I mean, Canada has a very rich history of very successful coalition programs. Uh, You know, the Airmails program, uh, you know, has been, you know, one of the longest standing players in the market. Very, very strong business over many, many years. Uh, The Aeroplan business, uh, you know, grew into a coalition program and then, you know, expanded internationally uh, through AMIA over uh, a number of years. Um, and, you know, so with a very strong history in Canada, but uh, we do see ourselves as a little bit different. Um, you know, for one thing, you know, we are 
um, you know, owned by three organizations whose core objectives for Scene Plus are to deliver value to the members and to deliver value uh, for our owners and partners. Mm. And so they, I think, you know, at this at the core, there is a fundamental difference in that we don't have an outside shareholder uh, mm-hmm. whose needs would um, precede uh, the needs of the, the membership and the owners and the partners. Mm-hmm. Um, so our focus is very different. Um, the other piece is that, you know, we are, um, you know, we're structured in such a way uh, that we, you know, we're not looking to become a, you know, a program with hundreds and hundreds of partners. Uh, we're very interested in, you know, creating a curated um, partnership ecosystem uh, mm-hmm. that will really address the needs of our members and, you know, where we can create really significant value uh, through a level of focus. Mm. I love it. And and I've seen you using the kind of terminology such as a lifestyle rewards program, which I think actually as a consumer to me, that's much nicer um, and actually makes sense to me. <laughs> so I guess that that kind of positioning is is very nice. And I guess it also has the benefit of feeling maybe even like a fresh approach for consumers. Well, we certainly think so. And, yeah. you know, we've been so thrilled with how uh, receptive the market has been uh, yeah. since we launched Scene Plus uh, less than a year ago now. We're, we're not quite a year old. And yeah. since we began to roll out with um, Empire uh, in grocery and pharmacy this summer, uh, yeah. you know, the growth has been spectacular yeah. over the last, you know, three months. We've yeah. had new, more new members join the program in three months than our best year in our history. Oh and, my God. And scene has always, <laughs> we've always been able to grow quickly. We've always had a, a very compelling value proposition yeah. and to see the kind of growth that we're now experiencing. It's, it's really, it's all, it's all inspiring. For sure. And the word that's coming to mind now is disruptor. I don't know if that's a term you've been uh, considering as yourselves, but it sounds like there is just this wave of momentum and opportunity and excitement to create something new. Yeah, there really is. And, you know, it's been fun for us to now have so much of this in the public eye, particularly after working on so many of these initiatives for, you know, three years. Uh, It's been, you know, a huge number of people across, uh, you know, all four organizations, you know, Cineplex, Scotiabank, Empire and Scene working together to bring this new vision to life. And it's nice now to finally be able to share with the world yeah. Uh, what we've actually been building yeah. and to have, um, you know, the, the industry respond to have yeah. consumers respond. Um, and you know, the, you know, the, the selfishly, one of the nice things has been just the number of organizations that have called us over the last uh, few weeks uh, yeah. saying, how can I participate in this? How can oh. we play a role? Yeah. Um, that's, that's been a, an interesting dynamic as well. For sure. For sure. I'd love to know what does success look like? I mean, you've talked through some incredible growth numbers in terms of 11 million, I think, is the the current Scene Plus membership, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And then household penetration, I know, is over 50% in the Canada market. So, So what else are you looking at in terms of, you know, as you said, delivering the value for your members? 
Yeah. Um, so there's a number of things that we are looking at. And uh, just to update, I mean, these numbers are changing day by day. So of we're course. at 60, 63% of households now My uh, God. Up from 53 wow. uh, just over a year ago. So it's uh, the growth has been pretty dramatic. Amazing. Um, so you know, you know, you often ask uh, your guests about, you know, what they're measuring, what their metrics are and how they are yeah. um, uh, tracking their program. And we have uh, kind of an interesting, um, we're in a bit of an interesting place because the scene plus program is less than a year old yeah. because we've just emerged from a pandemic yeah. uh, because we're launching a new program because we have two legacy businesses that we've brought together. Um, there are a number of different, things that we need to look at. Um, so, you know, normally like we would go through any given, you know, year tracking the typical things like how engaged are our members, what's our mm -hmm. net promoter score, satisfaction with the, you know, rewards program, the assortment. We've always spent a lot of time looking at whether or not the program is driving incremental business uh, for our owners and partners. Mm -hmm. Coming out of COVID, um, we also have to spend a lot of time thinking about you know, are we reactivating uh, people that were unable to participate in the program uh, during the pandemic? And mm -hmm. are we doing that successfully? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, as a predecessor to that, we need to make sure we're looking at, you know, are we communicating with people with relevance? Have we brought rewards to the table that are making sense? Yeah. Um, and is the Scene Plus program compelling enough that people are going to want to continue to do business, uh, not only with Scene, but with our owners and our partners. Mm. Um, but through this transformation, now there's a whole other layer. Uh, there's the scene layer, and then there's the, you know, the owner's layer, and then there's the partner layer. Uh, and from the scene plus perspective, uh, we have just so much work to do with, you know, 11 plus million members now mm. to make sure that people truly understand the program. Uh, we have, you know, 10 million plus members that came in from the legacy scene program. We've got north of a million that came in from Scotia Rewards. And we have all these new people joining this new entity. Mm. And there's in all cases, we need to make sure that people really understand the program, yeah. that they've got an awareness of the benefits, uh, that their, you know, their enrollment and activation is smooth. So yeah. we're tracking things like program understanding time to first earn, time to first redemption, how much cross-partner migration is there, and then fundamental things like just are we doing a good job servicing our customers? You know, mm. do they, uh, are they getting the information that they need through all of our channels? Mm. And have we done the job of increasing satisfaction in the program mm. from what we used to offer, uh, mm -hmm. either from um, you know, the old scene program, the old Scotia rewards program, uh, or if someone is migrating into scene plus from, uh, another program, are we seeing a material shift? Mm. So we've got lots of things to keep an eye on. Uh, yeah. and then simultaneously we have this enormous obligation to make sure that we're delivering yeah. against the objectives of our owners. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so there's a, another whole body of work around, mm. uh, just being crystal clear on their objectives mm -hmm. and making sure that we're tracking against them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, clearly a busy team. And I will ask you in a second, actually, I'd love to get a sense of your team as well, Matthew, but I really love that you pick up on the education piece because to me, that's often forgotten about on the journey, the excitement, the marketing, particularly above the line, for example. And when you have such incredible brands as partners, of course, I'm sure the presence and the visibility has just been exploding to give you that 63% household penetration. <laughs> 
Asian rate. I'm so envious. Um, so, yeah, so so I'd love to just even get a little bit more detail in terms of how do you do that education? Like channel wise, is it mainly email? Is it, you know, are you using a lot of digital channels, for example? And it's I suppose it's top of mind for me just today because I was interviewing somebody yesterday in Indonesia and they're doing a lot of their communications on WhatsApp. And oh, interesting. I, I love to see that. So I'll definitely make sure you know when that episode goes live. But for me, you know, these messenger um, applications, even using chatbots, which I know don't have a good reputation, but from a Canadian market perspective, like what what would be your your opportunities and channels that you have to communicate at the moment? Yeah, I actually want I'll like step back for a second, Paula, because I think there's there's one piece of how we've built the program that's really important in this story, mm-hmm. um, which is. You know, we've we've always tried to make the program as simple as we can and as understandable as we can. And, you know, through most of our history, our value proposition, uh, you could scribble on a napkin and it was very easy to understand. And as we've added benefits and as we've added uh, ways of interacting with the program, we've tried to as much as we can try to keep that at the core. So, you know, you know, we've avoided the temptation to introduce uh, additional or needless complexity and aimed instead for a, you know, a clear value proposition in the points. And, you know, that, that comes across in our marketing. It comes across in how we speak about ourselves in our app and, yeah. and in our web uh, channel. Yeah. Um, it comes across in our in-store marketing. Um, and it also comes across in, um, you know, things like redemption value. Like we've aimed for a level of consistency in redemption value across most of the reward types uh, so that people will know when they walk into a grocery store, they walk into a movie theater or they're, you know, mm. walking into one of our dining partners yeah. uh, that they can be redeeming the points on the spot. And they know exactly what they're worth. Um, and yeah. so there's little confusion uh, in the program. Okay. Um in terms of the education, you know, our, you know, our workhorse today is predominantly uh, email, mm-hmm. um, but then really reinforced through app and web. Uh, I'd say today we don't have uh, something fundamental happening in WhatsApp or in some of those other, mm. um, the other kind of messenger apps. Mm. Um, but what we've really been focusing on over the last little while is making sure that we've got a very clear onboarding um, journey that mm-hmm. our members have taken through mm-hmm. uh, and that there is a you know level of responsiveness built into the journey, you know, based on where you've come in from mm. uh, so that we're recognizing if you came in through the grocery store that we're going to be, you know, um, uh, you know, providing kind of that level of perspective on that program, part of the mm-hmm. program first, uh, yeah. because it's clearly of relevance to you and then reinforcing it with the other elements of the program. Yeah. Um, and as I say, this is this program as it stands today is less than a year old. Yeah. So we're doing a ton of construction yeah. as we go. And, yeah. uh, um, you know, we've over the years had you know, really sophisticated onboarding strategies, uh-huh. uh, many of which have had to get completely retooled as we've, you know, changed our brand and changed the program and so on. Uh, and so we're rebuilding a lot of things, even <laughs> as we're uh, in transformation. 
Yeah. And I can see you smiling as you're talking about it, Matthew. You know, I mean, that would, you know, <laughs> it's actually quite overwhelming as I hear you talk through the amount of complexity um, to make it appear simple. And I guess that's the the definition, isn't it, of of, uh, of genius, they say, when something is, is super easy, super simple. You've done the thinking behind the scenes, taken that burden of responsibility away from uh, from the members just to make sure that it's that easy for them to understand. Yeah. Uh, well, I'd say it's um, it's really helped by this extraordinary commitment yeah. from you know the three owners to help bring this to life. And I don't think that any of this would be possible if we didn't have you know all three organizations fully committed to making this happen and yeah. really committed to a common vision uh, yeah. that you know this program can yeah. occupy. Uh, a really powerful place um, in the Canadian landscape mm -hmm. and, you know, can really unlock value for members from coast to coast to coast. For sure. For sure. And yes. And, and again, we've often said on this show, you know, it's one thing to have an aligned vision, but, you know, to have it at board level, of course, is essential. You know, there's absolutely no point us as loyalty practitioners um, attempting to convince, you know, other people that this is the right thing to do. It definitely has to be strategically valuable and valued by the board. So it's super yeah. interesting and inspiring to hear you have exactly that going on there. Well, we do. And, you know, as I was thinking about, you know, your Chris Ross uh, interview again, uh, you know, one of the things that has been wonderful for us is, you know, we have a board of directors that's, you know, very senior individuals who are very committed to this vision. Mm. Um, and, you know, we, you know, we've, we've got this opportunity uh, for scene plus to really be a, a tangible manifestation of, a brand promise mm -hmm. and, and to really bring it to life in a way that is going to be um, meaningful and relevant uh, mm. to all of our members. Wonderful. I will make sure to send this episode to Chris, make sure he, <laughs> uh, he, he gets to hear that lovely feedback. So I guess my final question then, Matthew, is what does the future hold? And can you tell us? Now, you probably can't, but where would you say your focus will be in the next 12 months for Scene Plus? Well, Scene Plus has a pretty exciting journey ahead. Mm -hmm. uh, not only are we completing the rollout uh, with Empire, so we've still got the Quebec market still to launch okay. uh, in early 2023. So mm -hmm. really excited to kind of um, complete that rollout and to, uh, you know, bring the program to that market. Uh, Quebec is such an important market for us nationally and just can't wait to have that done. Mm -hmm. um, and then next summer, uh, we're excited because we're going to be adding a new vertical uh, to the business. We're going to be launching with uh, Home Hardware. Uh, home Hardware is a home improvement retailer uh, yeah. operating under four brands, more than four brands, but um, you know, they're in over a thousand communities across Canada. Wow. And, you know, that you know, they are themselves a, tr a terrific organization mm. um, and amazing people to work with. And it'll be terrific for us to kind of add that yeah. uh, vertical to the value proposition, mm -hmm. um, but also really meaningfully, you know, they're in communities of all sizes across the country. Mm -hmm. And so it, you know, will give us a real opportunity to strengthen the footprint mm. of Scene Plus and the relevance and the value we can create mm. uh, for Canadians everywhere. Yeah. Wow. Well, that sounds incredibly exciting, Matthew. My goodness, nonstop. So listen to me. That is all the questions I have from my side. It's been a pleasure to learn about Scene Plus, but is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we wrap up? 
Uh, Paula, just how much I appreciate you doing this. It's uh, tremendous to be able to learn from leaders in this space uh, around the world and to get insights into uh, where others are finding success and inspiration and to be able to bring that back home uh, and to share with our team. So really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. And thank you for sharing your wisdom, insights and expertise as well. So with that said, Matthew Seagram, Senior Vice President at Scene Plus. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. This show is brought to you by the Australian Loyalty Association, the leading organization for loyalty professionals in Asia Pacific. Visit their news and content hub for the latest loyalty insights from around the world. Or why not submit your own article for publication? For more information on their loyalty services and networking opportunities, visit AustralianLoyaltyAssociation.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week, simply sign up for the Let's Talk Loyalty newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and we'll send our best episodes straight to your inbox. And don't forget that you can follow Let's Talk Loyalty on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, we'd love for you to share your feedback and reviews. Thanks again for supporting the show.